G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Hoopball. Today we are going through some rankings and positional tiers, starting it off with the guards. Let's go. Talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life. Here he goes to G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast again. My name is Mitchell Casey and you can find me on Twitter at NBA. And you can also search us up on Instagram now. We've just recently activated the Instagram page so you can check us out over there at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. I am joined as always with my good friend Callum Mack. How you doing my man? I'm doing well as always, Mitchy boy. How are you going? I'm doing great, mate. I'm doing great. It's... uh. I think uh, fantasy football drafts have all sort of started to, to wind up. Um, it's We're recording this on a Wednesday, or is it Wednesday night over here? So fantasy football's only a couple of days away. So it's really chugging along into fantasy basketball season. Um, we, we've got some rankings, some tiers happening today. It's exciting times. It is. Look, we're getting out nice and early. So um, when the big, it's going to be a snowball effect. People are going to come for it yep. and it's going to be all there for them. So uh, give us a shout-out. If you're coming over, you, 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 you've just done your fantasy football draft and you're heading over, switching your mindset to basketball, let us know in the comments uh, and give this, big, uh, give this video a big thumbs up as well. All right, so like I said, we're going into some positional tiers, some rankings, okay, uh, to help you with your fantasy drafts. The way that we're doing a positional tiers video today, uh, these, just as a, a shout-out, this, this is my rankings, Callum is going to be, he's had a look at the rankings before the draft. He's going to be giving his thoughts, his comments, where he disagrees, agrees, and then and then discussion will, will ensue. So um, we're doing all the guards together. So point guards and shooting guards. We're doing this just to make sure that, because at the moment in the NBA, there's, there's uh, the positional eligibility, it's a bit wish-washy. So it's, there's no real value of us splitting up the guards into point guards and shooting guards. So we, we'll just throw them all together if you're... Thinking that a player got left off, chances are they're just going to be in the next positional tier video, which is the wings. But kicking us off in the positional tiers, um, we're going guards today. Anything before? Anything you want to say before we get started today, Cal? Uh, that's a good intro. Let's rip straight into it. Hey? Rip straight into it. All right. So let's get started. We are going into tier number one. Two players here, and I'm calling this the top four tier. I think these players should all go in the top four whether that's at two, three, or four. Um, I don't think that there's too much difference in value. You've got Steph Curry, and you've got James Harden. Um, do you agree with this tier? Is there anyone else you would include, or, or is this pretty stock standard? I think it's pretty stock standard. Um, we discussed that we think Steph probably should be the unanimous number two pick outside of Jokic being the number one. Um, and then James Harden, I, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to lead the league in assists, which is um, a huge amount of value. He gives you defensive stats. Even though he's not that good at defense, uh, which always helps, and he does it all. So uh, I think these guys are probably in a tier of their own. It is a bit harsher. I feel bad for the two guys in the next tier, which we'll get into. Yeah, I think, um, I think. look, I think these two uh, just separate themselves a little bit more because they've got a bit more spice to the game. They 
have always been at the top of fantasy rankings um, year in, year out, especially with Steph when Kevin Durant isn't there. Uh, I'm not concerned with any of them. Uh, James Harden, you, you could have, you know, you could put an argument that James Harden could be above Steph Curry with the value of his assists as well there, but points is, is something that we want to prioritize as well. And the fact that we didn't get to see him with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving heaps last year is a little bit of a concern for me. That drops him down below Steph Curry. And in my personal rankings, he would be the fourth ranked player. Uh, but pretty pretty comfortably there for me. So we've already discussed a lot about this. If you want to check out more of our top 12 rankings or the first round mock draft that we did a few weeks ago, uh, you can check that out on our video channel as well. We'll, we'll we discuss these guys in a little bit more detail. Let's go into tier two with the guards now. Uh, another two players, Damian Lillard, Luka Doncic. Um, I know Luka can sometimes be a polarizing player in fantasy circles. Uh, in points leagues, he's probably in the top tier. I should also mention that this is a nine-category head-to-head rankings and tiers video. Pretty focused on that. It might be a little bit different in roto leagues. I have tried to take into account punting and where I would draft them if you're punting certain categories. So Luka is in this rankings and range based on a punt free throw percentage build. And usually I am punting turnovers in all of these builds as well. So for that reason, Luca is up here with Damian Lillard. What are your thoughts on these two guys being linked together? Um, yeah, I think it's fair. I, I do. Um, I think Damien's kind of like a, I prefer to build around Damien. Luca can hurt you in both the field goal and the free throw, yep. which can be a bit trickier to, to work around. But, um, but as you kind of, we, we did a bit uh, pod last week and the punt free throw build is looking pretty good this year. There's some good players. If you can get a Luca and then pair him with Zion on the, on the turn, you're, you're looking pretty good. That's um, great that solves, players to watch. That solves, well. your, that solves your field goal percentage issue right there. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, well, very good point because uh, Zion is indeed a carry um, on that end. Yeah. And with Dame, I feel like the one clear is um, you could do a punt steals maybe because um, he doesn't really get that much for guards. But also the punt field goal for Dame is very strong. Yeah, look, I've had a couple questions in, in on the podcast recently. Like what is like the best like punt strategy, what's the best way to go? It's not always the way I like to go into drafts. I don't like to go, yeah, I'm going to punt this or this. Um, I wait for the value to come in. But if you were to force me to answer that question, it is either one of the percentages because that's where you're going to see the biggest increase in value. So usually, more often than not, I would choose one of the percentages to punt, um, but not always. So, um, and yeah, Damian Lillard falls under that field goal percentage category, although it can be salvaged a little bit if you get a good uh, field goal percentage on the way back. Uh, again, we've talked a lot about this guy, so let's move on to tier number three and another tier with two players in it. We're getting towards the end of the first round, um, start of the second round here. I've got Bradley Beal and Kyrie Irving in this tier. Um, Bradley Beal uh, edges out Kyrie Irving just because of durability issues and um, sort of total value. I think Bradley Beal should be a first round pick this year at the end of the second. Uh, do you have anyone else in this tier or or disagree with the rankings here, Cal? Uh, look, I'm happy with this one. I think these guys are ahead of the next tier. Um, Bradley Beal, and, and once again, they are a bit worse than Dame Lillard and Luka Doncic. So I think these two really do slide into a category of their own. Yeah. Bradley Beal carries in points. Uh, he's awesome, and, and he can put up you know five rebounds, five assists. Um, and his field goal, look, you could you could punt field goal with him, um, but he still shoots reasonable. From he shot 48 percent last season, which is pretty good. Kyrie, um, amazing field goal for yeah. a guard. Amazing field goal. Shot, shot 50% on 20 attempts per game last season. Mm. Um, yeah, look, James Harden did join a bit late, 
But I still think, uh, like, between those big three, he's going to get up a lot of shots. And his other 92% from the three-throw line as well, he um, he was doing Massive. it all last season. I'm looking at his stats now, 0.7 blocks. Surely that wasn't a, an anomaly. Surely um, he's not going to average that again. Yeah, I'd expect that's a drop. I, I would expect, I don't know, the usage to take a little bit of a hit um, just by the nature of these guys playing more games together. But I still think he's going to be a top 15 player, top maybe 10 player still, even per game. It's like I said, just the, um, cause last year he was like a sixth ranked player, uh, in per game value. Obviously he missed a, a few games, um, due to various reasons, personal issues and all. He's also had some injury issues in the past. So there is obviously a question mark in terms of his total value. Um, if it was a per rankings thing, he would be high and probably join the Lillard Doncic range. But on total value, he comes back here, and this is where I would want to be drafting him in the second round. So, but he is a very strong per rankings per um, game rankings, and on a roto league, when you can get the games limit and things like that, he would be higher than this for me. All right, let's move on to tier number four. Now, on here, I've got these guys a little bit further back in the second round, but still probably second round players uh, in my eyes. Maybe you could get them at the start of the third round in like the fifteen to twenty-five range. We've got Fred Van Vliet, Trey Young, and De'Aaron Fox. Now, based on the comments that we got on our mock draft video um, the other day, Cal, I think there are a few people here that might be surprised to see De'Aaron Fox up with these uh, with these other two guys. Uh, are you in that camp, or what, what are your thoughts on De'Aaron Fox being the ninth-ranked guard in my uh, tiers and projections? He, he does still fit a certain build. Uh, I saw those comments as well. There were some haters out there. Yeah, there definitely not, were. Not, not thrilled with the, the Darren Fox in the third round selection in my punt free throw build. But yeah, the thing is, like points and assists, uh, obviously you have to get them in the early rounds. And Darren Fox put up 25 points a game, seven assists per game. With elite steals as well, the one and a half yeah. steals per game is huge. And the field goal doesn't hurt you hugely. It really is what drew his, um, his overall worth down was the free throw percentage. So yeah. if you are punting a free throw... Um, definitely go out and you, I mean, like, I guess you could say maybe you could try and wait for the third round to get him. Um, just so you make sure you do, are getting the most amount of value there. Yeah. It, uh, that's where he's going. Like on Yahoo, I think if I just triple check that, I think he's ranked in the forties or something like that, which is just absolute absurd value in my opinion, because like this guy, like you said, in terms of the pure counting stats, um, what did you say? 25 points over seven assists. Uh, the steals are there. One and a half steals. And his three-point shot is respectable now. It's 1.83 a game, which is, um, that's not hurting you either. Yeah, ranked 47th on Yahoo. That is an absolute joke, in my opinion. Like, that is pure insanity. If you turn the free throw percentage punting off, he's a top 20 player easily. And when you consider the fact that points and assists are so valuable early on in drafts because they dry up so quickly, it's just, yeah, I think he's an excellent... I wouldn't have any hesitations drafting in the second round if I was a punt free throw percentage team and someone like Zion went off the board um, because I just think those points and assists are so valuable in a team build like that. Um, and I just don't see any threat to his minutes. It, if you remember down the stretch, he was really starting to light it up. So he was actually better than the ranking he was last year in the second half of the year. So um, And he's a young player, so he's getting better every single year. So... I'm a big Darren Fox fan. He's probably close to being uh, one of my my guys going into this year based on uh, some of the opinions out there and the rankings that I see in a lot of sites. Um, what about I the other? Fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. What about the other two players there and Fred Van Vliet and Trey Young? Do you think I've got them in the right spot? 
Well, Fred Van Fleet is a top 10 player in a punt field goal build. And, yeah. and that's what you have to consider because punt field goal builds pretty good. They go pretty well. If, if you start, um, let's say you get Damon Lillard and then on the turn, you, you get a Freddie Van Fleet. You've got the foundations there already. And Fred Van Fleet is also like Kyle Lowry is no longer there. Um, so there's a bit of, um, you could say there's a bit more of a ceiling. Maybe you get gets more points, a bit more usage. Um, and look, he already had terrible field goal. If you do make that your punch strat, then yeah. his other values should still be okay. Um, and f- look, for, for the defensive end, uh, the man got some steals, got some blocks. It was very surprising. Yeah, I, I can definitely see the assists increasing. I can see the blocks coming down. Um, like what we said with the Kyrie Irving thing, I think just it's a much more variable uh, kind of stat. But like you said, I've tried to take into account the punt build with these guys. Now, his per ranking might not be this high, but you grab him and you're pretty much punting field goal percentage because he's one of the worst. I think he was the worst um, negative contributor in that category last year. So it doesn't get any worse than him in terms of negatively affecting your field goal percentage. But So you get him and then you're automatically just punting that category. And that's fine because we're all about punting here in head-to-head leagues and um, just making you, you just keep building on your strengths. Get those assists, get those steals, get those threes, get those points um, and start your draft strong that way. Uh, anyone else that you might have included in this tier or, or are you happy for us to move on to tier number five? Uh, look, I would say if, if it wasn't for the um, trades and the signings, um, Zach Levine, I probably would have up here, but um, there is that bit of, you got DeMar DeRozan, you got Lonzo Ball. I, I want to see them figure it out. So that that would be the reason why he would probably be slotted in the next tier. Okay, and yes, speaking of that next tier, tier number five, we do have Zach Levine at the top of that list. So I think you and I are in sync there. Uh, followed Following Zach Levine, we've got LaMelo Ball, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Drew Holiday, Ben Simmons, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Devin Booker. So here's where we're starting to get a lot more players in there. Bigger group of guards. So a bit of a guard run here in the third round is where I've got all these guys kind of similarly ranked. I don't think all of these guys will go in this area. I think you can get some of them at a bit more of a value. Uh, Who stands out to you in this tier here, Callum? Anyone you disagree with at all? Um, No, look, I like these guys. Um, I'll say, I'll I'll first say Chris Paul, he he probably, you can't expect him to be as durable as he was last season. He played almost every game. Yeah, He's been durable the last couple of years, but the, the, the few years before that, there were a lot of injury concerns. And he, look, he's 36. Um, so that's the thing, but I think, look, he fits that exact area, especially if you're punting points specifically, um, or if if you decide like whatever your build is, if you just really need assists, there's, there's nothing wrong taking him around that 30 range because he's still elite in steals as well. And, um, he's great in turnovers. He's one of those guys that really does help your team. Excellent percentages. Doesn't doesn't hurt it. It's, it's just the point. So when you get someone that early, um, and you're only getting someone that gets to 16 points per game. Unless you can make it up later, um, you do have to account for that. It, it is a big difference between all the other guards going in this range. Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, um, Shea Gibbs-Alexander, Bo- uh, Devin Booker, Fox, Young, that all went before him. Like, Yeah, it's a big difference between him and a lot of those other guys. Um, I also want to highlight Ben Simmons in this tier. I think some people might think that this is high for him. Again, we are taking into account punting, punting value. So his per ranking will not be this high. But if you're on a punt free throw percentage team, this is where his value is. And that's the team that you're going to be drafting him on. You're not going to be drafting on him on a team if you're punting field goal percentage, you're looking after your free throw. You're just not going to take him. So Ben Simmons does slot in here. And for that reason, when his rank on um, 
Yahoo, if I just pull that up real quick here, Ben Simmons is at 53. There is another um, big jump in, in ranking in my view. I think he is a top 40 at minimum, top 30, and potentially even a top 20, depending on where he gets traded to. Because obviously that is a big thing with Ben Simmons. We don't know at this time of recording, he's still in Philadelphia. But say he goes somewhere like Sacramento and they play their ridiculous pace up and down the court, well, then he's going to be potentially a top 20 build, a player in a, in a punt free throw build. What's going on? I can ask a question. Do you think it's more positive now that like we don't know what team he's being drafted to? Just the the allure of a, a potential better situation for him? Do, well, I'll return your question with another question. <laughs> is there is there a team that you see him going to that's a, a worse situation for his fantasy value than Philadelphia? Is there a team out there? I can maybe think of, I don't know, is, is Golden State a worse situation? Portland? No, I, I still think he can... <sighs> I don't. I honestly think he's probably in one of the worst situations he can be. I think so too. Yeah. So I think it's only going to get better. I don't so think that's there's much. I kind of am a bit high on Ben Simmons. Yeah, so we I, can agree we're both high on him. I don't <laughs> think there's much downside. Um, I think the worst he can be is exactly what he was last year. Which, um, if we, if I just go into Basketball Monster real quick, um, I'm pretty sure he was like a top 30 player in a punt free throw percentage build, or maybe a top 35 player in a free throw percentage build, uh, punt build. Um, let me just triple check that. Last year, do, 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 do. but yeah, look, I I like Ben Simmons. Um, he brings lots to the table. Once again, points aren't huge, but rebounds are there, assists are there. He gets like the counting stats and steals and blocks. Field goal is huge because um, he only really dunks the ball. Yeah. Um, so it, it is just that one category. Turnovers. Look, everyone that early is bad on turnovers. Yeah, it, it's not something you really have to consider unless you are. Dr- like drafting someone like a Chris Paul or DeAndre Ayton or someone like that. So he was ranked 39th last year in a punt um, free throw percentage build. That includes players um, like Kari Thomas, who played nine games last year, so or five games, sorry. Um, so really, he was 38th in a punt free throw percentage build, and that's not even including if you also are punting free throw percentage. So if you punt free throw percentage, uh, sorry, um, three-pointers as well, then he moves up even higher. So I think there's a lot of value in Ben Simmons this year, and the public perception of him at the moment is dragging his value down in fantasy, and I think there's a lot of value you can have with that. Um, let's talk just real quickly, LaMelo Ball, who we've got up here at the 11th ranked guard. I think, where is he Where is he ranked in Yahoo at the moment? Let me just triple check that, but I was worried that there was a bit of a risk of him going in the second round. I think from a few of the mocks I've been doing, he hasn't been going that high. Uh, He's ranked 25th at the moment, which is probably, yeah, thereabouts where I would have him at at this stage. I I do think that he is... I uh, think that's a little bit high. Uh, Maybe on the higher end, but I don't hate it. I guess he's locked in that starting role now. It'd it'd be good to see what he averaged when he actually got the starting role. Because the first, I guess, quarter of the season, he was coming off the bench. And um, he still ended up finishing on 16, 6, and 6, um, yeah. you know, close to that with 1.6 deals, 0.4 blocks. Fear goal, yeah, look, that's not ideal at about 43%. Um, free throw percentage could be a bit better as well at only yeah. about 76. But he's not attempting a whole lot, so it still doesn't hurt you much. Yeah. Yeah, the percentages aren't great, and obviously the turnovers are probably still going to be there as well. But, look, you know my view on turnovers. He is a little bit of that, like, Luka Doncic kind of thing where the both percentages are poor and that can be kind of hard to build around. 
Um, maybe you should pick them up together. What maybe. Dontich first pick, and then you pick up Lamelo in the, the second or third round. And, and then you get a <laughs> Westbrook to pair with it as well. There you go. Then you've got this percentage punt build going. Maybe. <laughs> I, I mean, like I, don't know. I don't know. You've got a lot of guards there. Uh, look, I, I still like him. Like, like you said, it's not a huge amount of volume. I don't think, like a Luca, that the volume is there enough. It's like it's not too much. You can you can't like salvage later. Um, but again, for me, he's definitely more of a third round player than a second round player because um, there's, I think there's just a few better guys ahead of him. Is he averaging twenty points this season? I'm going to go unders on 20 points. I think he's more of an 18, 19 point per game scorer, but he's going to get you the seven assists, the steal and a half, over two threes, six rebounds. Um, yeah, that's I'm going to go right. over. I think he's going to average 20.1 points a game. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, Devontae Graham's not there uh, anymore. No, that's a guarantee, actually. That's oh. a guarantee. Guarantee! All right, we're going to start recording these like, like they do on TNT. Just write them down, come back to them at the end of the season. <laughs> Uh, maybe next podcast. All right, let's move on to where are we up to? Tier number six. So this is where we're thinking, I'm thinking around like the 40 to 55 range. So what's that? The end of your fourth round, start of the fifth round sort of area in a 12-team um, league. Let's go at number 18. We've got Lonzo Ball, 19, Anthony Edwards. We've got DeJounte Murray, Tyrese Halliburton, Russell Westbrook, CJ McCollum, and Darius Garland in this range here. I think I know someone that you're going to want to talk to me about. Um, anyone who stands out in this tier here, Cal? There are two players, which are low on this list as well, I may point out, but Russell Westbrook and CJ McCollum, I think they honestly could slide into the tier above. Both of them. Both of them could. Yep. Um, let, let me hear why you're hating on Russell Westbrook a bit. Is it is it the fit with LeBron? It's, it's a couple of things. It's the build... And what he is as a player and the fact that that's hard to build around. He's got poor percentages, field goal and free throw. He's got low threes. Um, He's high turnovers for people who care about that. Super high turnovers. Um, And combining the fact with that that he's getting older, he's playing super explosive basketball. I worry at any point he's going to do some sort of injury. And the fact that he relies on his, his athleticism to play, the older he gets, the more that risk of a decline one or an injury two increases exponentially and three also he's joining a team with LeBron James where they've got championship aspirations this is the first time that he's been on a team realistically that has a shot of winning the title um, since Houston but probably even more so like it's LeBron James it's LeBron's team it will always be LeBron's team so I don't think we see those huge triple-double numbers that we saw at the end of last season, which really saved his value. Before, like, the first half of last season, he was awful. He was absolutely terrible. And then he was amazing, like, after the All-Star break. I just don't see that second half repeating over on the Lakers, which just brings his value down to this point is where I sort of see it. Yeah, I think it's fair enough. As you, it's kind of evening it out because you're right. He, he was ranked about 200th um, to begin the season, the first, like, I don't know, terrible. third of it. Yeah. And that's because he was hurting you in so many categories that it just became so tough winning. And and then he ended up averaging 25, 14, and 14, uh, yeah. like, after the All-Star break. So it was just, it was pretty absurd from one extreme to another. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's all those percentages because, like, when the shot's going down, the percentages come up. And when he's getting those assists and high rebounds and things like that, I just think that the rebounds and assists are going to drop, uh, assists especially. And when those are like your big boosting factors because you've got poor 
percentages, threes and turnovers, no blocks. There's just not a lot left. Uh, in a punt free throw percentage, this is where I'd be happy to take him. I'd be happy to take him around this this point with a punt free throw percentage team because um, you've got those big guys and look after the, the field goal percentage. But in any other build, it's re- like this is probably even too high for me. I want to talk about CJ as well, because CJ, yep. to start the season, um, before he went down, he had a pretty bad injury. Yes. So maybe that is why he's dropped this far down. But he, he was almost like a top 20 kind of guy, really, he to was. start the, the season. He was hitting a lot more threes. They obviously changed the game strat at the Trailblazers, and they gave him this huge green light. He was putting up just as many as Steph Curry was. He was. He was, he was, he, was he was lighting up the threes, because, look, for me, it's not enough of a sample size for me to say that that's the guy he is. Um He's someone who suffers from no steals and blocks, poor rebounds, um, field goal percentage is okay without being great. I wouldn't say it's horrible, but it's not something that's necessarily positive. Um, look, are the assists real? They've got a new coach. Um, there's a few unknowns. Look, I, I could push him ahead of players like a, you know, I could push him ahead of a Westbrook or a Halliburton, even a DeJounte Murray in this tier. Um, they're all pretty close to me, so obviously they're in the same tier, but when you compare him to players like Devin Booker, Shea, Drew Holiday, I just, there's the, there's not as as much of those goodies, like the steals and blocks and, um, you know, huge assist numbers or whatever the case may be, um, to, to bring him in that tier, but I'm less down on him than I am like a Westbrook. Um, the reason I've got Westbrook ahead of him is because he fits a certain build a bit better as opposed to CJ. All right, my next question for you is, what, what do you have Garland averaging this season? Yeah, okay, so he is one... pretty high here. I do, I do. I think a few people might sort of be a little bit, oh, Garland, he seems like he sticks out with those other names, but I, I see a big season from Darius Garland coming. He finished the season last year pretty hot. I think he is going to establish himself as the primary guard, excuse me, primary guard on this uh, Cavs roster with Sexton. There's been a lot of Sexton rumors in, in trades and things like that. Um I see him averaging over 20 points a game, getting sort of like seven assists, two and a half threes, good free throw percentage. He suffers from a lack of blocks. The steals aren't excellent. So I see him, look, his numbers and CJ McCollum's numbers, maybe CJ's going to put up more threes, maybe slightly more points, but Garland's more assists. Um, I see him being somewhat comparable and definitely can see him pushing into the top 50 this year. Uh, It's his third year in the league. Uh, and you can get him at a bit of a discount in drafts at the moment. So he is someone who I think is undervalued at the moment in drafts. Yeah, I tend to agree. I, th- I think the main value for him will be the assists. I, I can probably see him going for about seven and a half a night, yeah. which is hard to get. So if you need a point guard at that kind of 50 range, yep. um, I, I do quite like Arlene. He's got a high ceiling. Yeah, I, I definitely think that he's a, he's a breakout candidate for this year. And... Someone I might even consider for most improved player of the year uh, is Darius Garland. I think that he could take it. Let's move on to tier number seven. We've got a few more players in this this tier here. Again, we're thinking about the 60 to 75 range. We're starting to sort of spread out a little bit more in our, in our differences. So we've got D'Angelo Russell, Ja Morant, the rookie Cade Cunningham, Kyle Lowry, Kemba Walker, Terry Rozier and Malcolm Brogdon to round out tier seven. Who who sticks out to you in, in this tier here, Cal? I, I love um, Terry Rozier. I, um, I have a feeling I will be drafting him on draft day just because every single mock draft I've done, I, I tend to pick him up. Um, yep. he, he fits like every build. Like in Pitafon, 
punt field goal. He gets great threes. He puts up about 20 points, five rebounds, five assists. I really like his game. Um, so Scary Terry for me, is he's just a good, solid guy to get at this range. Yeah, I, th- I think I think he's good. Do you think he should be higher than this? Like, would you take him over, you know, someone like a Darius Garland? I personally would definitely take him over Garland. I would take him. I'd even consider him over. I'd definitely take him over Halliburton. Um, I, I would also consider taking him over Dejounte Murray as well. I think. Well, I think Halliburton's got the he's got the efficiency, low turnovers, and steals, um, which sometimes makes it hard to build around. So I can kind of almost see that. Um, but by rank, I've got Halliburton in the tier above him because I think he just. He profiles better ranking-wise. Um, and his turnovers as well, which I mentioned, he only puts up 1.9 turnovers a game. Yeah. So if, if you're in this range, you want a guard and you still want to be competitive in turnovers, he's so good. Like 1.9 for a guard, especially the usage that he has, is pretty um, remarkable. For that reason, he does fit a punt assist build as well, which is uh, if you need the guard and you missed out on like a CJ or something, someone um, earlier. Um, I will say that I think that some of the shooting comes back a little bit. There was stretches last year where he went absolutely crazy. Like, I think, what did he get? Did he have like a 11-3 game or something like that? There was a few games where, or a stretch of like a month or so, where he was just bombing it away, shooting super high in terms of field goal percentage. Uh, I think he was he appeared in our sell high shows a few times last year. Um, yeah, he, he also, I think, the first half of the season, he um, he had the most clutch buckets in the league. Yeah, uh, Mr. Clutch. <laughs> I just I just don't know if that continues again this year. Like I don't, I'm not ready to say that that's who Terry Rozier is yet. Um, it is good to see that um, Graham is gone, so that helps him. He's locked in as that starting two. Um, over there, does hurt him? Because Graham would have uh, provided a fair bit of spacing for him to work with. Yeah, but you still got you still got Lamelo there, who 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 I would still say spaces the floor. Um, so yeah, I, I can see him moving up a little bit on this board. Uh, what are your thoughts? I, I want to touch on Ja Morant as well because I know a lot of people in the in the comments section are probably, what the hell, Ja Morant outside the top sixty? Um, yes, this is obviously category leagues ranking in a points league. He might be a bit higher than this, but for Ja Morant, he's just he does he's not a fantasy player. He doesn't get steals. He doesn't get threes. He doesn't get he doesn't have good percentages. He's got that kind of like Russell Westbrook issue without the huge, you know, uh, rebounding numbers to sort of save his value. Um, what are your thoughts on Ja Morant at like the 26th ranked guard? Yeah, he's one of those guys who, even though he's fantastic to watch, um, it's his fantasy value isn't ideal. He still gets the assists. I think if, if you want assists. him in that range, you get him for the assists. Um, but, but then like if his field goal isn't amazing and, um, his rebounds are pretty bad. His counting stats for steals and blocks could, you feel like they could be better. So it's just an accumulation of all those things. This kind of brings down his value a bit. Um, and and then there's someone like a, you know, I mean, you have Delento Russell ranked just above him. Um, I think Delo could average just as many assists as Ja Moran this year, but he he just average a lot more three pointers. Like he could average like three and a half threes a game, which really does just kind of spike his value over someone like Ja. Yeah, look, he's ranked 41 on Yahoo, which is just way too high for me because. Like last year, he was, I think he was outside the top 100 last year uh, in rankings, just because, yeah, those other stats outside of the assists and points are just not there. And even the points, like he doesn't even average 20 points a game yet, um, which surprises me. I feel like he is a 20 point per game scorer. I think he gets there this year, but yeah, 1.23s, you know, less than a steal. Um, the free throw percentage is six attempts under 73%. Uh, field goal percentage is under 45% as well. Um, there's a lot of negatives there with with Ja, and it, and it re- would require a lot of things to improve to see his 
rank reflect 41. And there's nothing but downside if you're picking him at 41. I would definitely want to take him outside the top 50, closer to 65, 70, really, if, if I was to get any value. I just don't think that's happening this year, so I'm not going to get Jar Morant in a lot of leagues. Um, anyone else that sort of stands out in this sort of area? We've got the rookie, Cade Cunningham. Is this about where you would be comfortable drafting him around that 65, 70 mark? Um, I, I might even consider this dropping him to the next tier. I think he, he's around the 75 to 85 kind of range. Yeah. In the 80s, I'd be comfortable taking him. Um, I, look, I could end up eating those words, but I, I feel like usually for rooks, that's probably their value is around the 75 mark. But Katie coming in, look, he's meant to be one of the best we've seen in years. He, he should be able to do it all. He's going to run the court. He should get counting stats and steals as well. Some blocks, he's big, so... If anyone can do it, it can be Cade, but I'd be a bit more hesitant to take him a bit later. His game is so fantasy-friendly, which is um, gives me a lot of hope. Um, you're, right, you're right with rookies. It's it's a risk. It's a risk either way. I think, look, it, it wouldn't shock me if he's a top 40 player at the end of the year. Like, I think that that is something that I could see happening. It also wouldn't shock me if he's like the 90th ranked player um, as well. I think with rookies, you've got to also remember that Typically, if you look at their rank for the whole season, it's not going to reflect what they're doing in um, like January and February and March. They're going to start crap and get better throughout the entire season. So if you're someone who's confident in your league and you reckon you're going to make the playoffs, um, you, you like your draft up until this point, and you want someone who's going to beat the ranking that you're going to get at this point at the end of the year, then I think Kate, I think Kate Cunningham smashes his value by the end of the year. I think... In the last two or three months of the season, he's the top 50 player comfortably, personally. Um, it's just whether or not you can hold on to him at the start of the season when he's like the 100th best player. Um, would you agree with that assessment or do you think that it's still a bit risky? Um, uh, yeah, I'm not too sure. I like I, With rookies, it's always a gamble. It is hard. It is always a gamble. Yeah, it, it is hard. So just keep that in mind when you, when you are drafting your rookies. Let's go to tier eight. We are on to... A few more players here. So we've got Derek White, who's uh, someone we always love to mention in fantasy basketball. Um, Colin Sexton, Mike Conley, Marcus Smart, representing him with my Celtics jersey today. Uh, Karis Levert, Norman Powell, and Devontae Graham. We're looking at around the 75 to 90, just before the 100 sort of mark in drafts here. These guys should all be top 100 players, at least in their build somewhat. Uh, anyone standing out to you here, Cal? Um, I, look, I could probably drop Norm Powell out of this lineup. Um, he, yeah, look, I, I could probably knock him out to the lower tier. Fair enough. Otherwise, everyone kind of fits a purpose. Like Conley's solid; he's good. Marcus Smart, great in the punt field goal kind of build. Colin Sexton as a point guard, you can be a kind of punt assist point guard. Yep. And he's also a guy that um you can pick up at this point in time and get some really good points here. Great points, yeah. But up like twenty five points a game last yeah. season. It's huge. Yeah. Which is very hard to find at this point in the draft. Like you're not getting that outside of. He's the last person who's going to get you 25 points a game in in uh, in fantasy drafts. What are your thoughts on Derek White in this range? He's he's a polarizing figure. I feel like we've been waiting for a Derek White breakout. I mean, I've been waiting for a Derek White breakout for like three or four years now, um, but it hasn't happened yet. And but every year there's a reason. Every year there's a reason. There's no Demar Derozan on this team anymore. Um, it's him and Dejounte Murray who are the only ball like. Ball handlers and shot creators for other teams. You could say Thaddeus Young, but maybe he's not even on the roster at the end of the season. Um, but look. maybe Derek White isn't on the roster either. I, I think the Spurs are kind of like locking in the future. Future Derek White yeah. is a bit older. He, he is probably is a bit more win now. 
I, I wouldn't be shocked if he is traded. And and the whole Spurs team, outside of Dejounte Murray, I'm I'm still probably a little bit hesitant. Um, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Like, I just think they're ready to make trades and, and take as many as they can offer. It, it is a weird, weird roster. Like, you don't normally see the Spurs make huge moves midway through se- midway through the season. Um, so that gives me a little bit of hope. I, I see a lot of people, uh, a lot of fantasy analysts out there who are very keen on Derek White. I want to be there with you. I just can't. I can't draft him earlier than this because there's just too many other more reliable bankable players, I think Derek White could smash this value. If it all finally happens and he puts up 20 points a game, gets you five assists, a few threes, he gets the seals, he gets the blocks, it could happen. But we've just been waiting for it for too long. And, and at some point, we've just got to start to think that maybe maybe it's him. Maybe it's not just like injuries and different things. So um, he is someone that uh, I think is a polarizing figure. But for me, this is about where he slots into uh, and where I'd be comfortable drafting him. Uh, as a note to Derek White, we, we saw him play live, and he um, fell on his face and concussed himself. If you remember that, he just fell over. That's right <laughs> against the uh, against the Boomers. Was that was that it? That was the uh, historic yeah. game. The historic games where we beat the USA. Yes, the first time in uh, in Aussie history. Proud, proud moment for us. Um, let's move on to tier number nine. We've got a few players here. We're getting towards the hundred ranked mark, sort of maybe high nineties into your hundreds now. I've got Jalen Suggs, the rookie, Kevin Porter Jr., Brogdon, Bog- sorry, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Buddy Heald, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jalen Green, Evan Fournier, and Spencer Dinwiddie. So, again, we've got a few players still bunched up in these groups here. Who stands out in this this group here? There's a few breakout candidates here for me, uh, Cal. Look, I, I personally, I'm taking Jalen Suggs over a few guys in your Tier 8 Okay. Um, I like I like Suggs. I like the investment. I think he can get you steals um, as a point guard. I think he's just going to be really solid. Like if he just averages kind of like a 18, you know, five and six with like high steals, 1.8 steals, that's really valuable. That's, that's very valuable. valuable. You think that's um, what he's going to do this year? Threes. I just don't think he's going to hurt you really anyway. It's just going to be like one of those really solid contributors. And in the 90 to 110 range, I think that's way too low. I think he's going to be a – around the 70s mark at the end of the season. He's, he does have poor percentages, um, translating his numbers over from college. His uh, free throw percentage and field goal percentage are not the best. I don't know if he provides a lot of threes either, um, but the steals will be there. Uh, he should get some blocks as a guard. I don't know. You said, what did you say, 18 points? Yeah. I don't know. That feels That feels a little high to me. Does that feel... I, I feel like he's more like a 15 point per game player, maybe four or five rebounds. Yeah, four, uh, five assists. So, know, like, But it still sounds nice. Pretty bad, man. Like They're going to give him the green light for sure. Yeah, and, and like we said with Kate Cunningham, he's going to be putting up big numbers in the end of the season. So I, I think there's a chance that he could be the number one ranked rookie at the end of season one. Um, it would I mean, shock his field goal at college was like 50%. Um, he put up, you know, like kind of 15, 5 and 5 with 1.9 steals. Obviously, that's college. Um, you can't expect it to translate, but he'll get more minutes and... I expect him to hit threes. Um, he, he shot he them at you know, about 34% from college. He looked good in summer league too with the shot. Um, it did impress me. So, yeah, no, I do like Jalen Suggs. And you might convince me to move him up my tiers. Uh, um, look, I do like him. Maybe I was just tempering expectations, but... I'm definitely taking him over Norm Powell, Devontae Graham, and Derek White, personally. And Derek White. Oh, I don't know if I'd go that far. But, um, 
Uh, the other two, yeah, you could convince me. You could twist my arm depending on my team if I wanted a bit of more upside. Uh, yeah, 100%. By the end of the year, he could be outproducing those guys for sure. Uh, let's talk about... Who do we want to talk about here? Let's talk about Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who is a bit of a breakout potential player in the Pelicans there. Should get the starting shooting guard, although there is Josh Hart still there. Um, do you think he's starting shooting guard opening night for the Pelicans? See, this is the gamble. I actually kind of prefer Josh Hart. And and, and even then, like, you got Devontae Graham, obviously, would take over the point guard um, reigns. Thomas Josh Sadaransky. Hart can slide to the three at the, on, the other, on the other hand as well. Like, Josh Hart is a, a big kind of guard in the switching, fast-paced um, ball that they do play. Um, look, I'm just not completely sold. Um, he was a great three-point shooter in, in some kind of three or four-game stints, but I'm not completely sold. And in this range, if you can get, like, say, a... Um, Jalen Green, for example, um, I think he's just probably a bit better investment because Jalen Green will 100% have the green light. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, question marks. I think I think Nikhil probably gives you a bit more in terms of defensive stats compared to Jalen Green, um, although they're both going to jack up the shots. I think Nikhil, I think he's going to start. This is probably reflecting where I draft him because I think he's going to start. If you don't think he is, you probably would move him down your board a little bit. Um, I think Josh Hart is probably more of a more of a bench player to me, and we want as fantasy players we we want uh, Nicky Alexander Walker to start because he's the guy that's going to put up stats over Josh Hart. Yes, Josh Hart will give you good rebounds from the guard position, but that's about it. That's all he really does um, from a statistics point of view. Um, so Nicky Alexander Walker for me. This is about where he sits. If he does get the green light and he gets the starting role, he could be higher than this. But there is that little bit of a risk that it isn't something that continues the entire season, uh, which is pushing him down to this point. All right, let's fire through these last two tiers. We're starting to get into gamble and flyer territory now. Tier 10, we're looking at these guys should be drafted in every league, I believe. Um, So we've got uh, Reggie Jackson, Malik Beasley, Jordan Clarkson, DeAnthony Melton, Jordan Poole, I've got Clay Thompson here, and then Danny Green to finish it off. A couple of boring picks here, a couple of just stock standard, solid value, uh, and a couple of upside picks here in DeAnthony Melton and Jordan Poole. What do you what what stands out to you in this list here? Do you think Clay's a bit too low? I, I'd like to have him higher. I just um I don't know. My my rule of, of not drafting injured players <laughs> is coming in strong. We know he's, he's out till Christmas. It's not a small chunk of the season. Look, maybe if you are really confident and you think you're a great fantasy player and you're better than the rest of your league, go for it. Um, if you're in a competitive league, this is about where I think he should go because even when he comes back, he's probably not going to be playing full minutes until February. And... Um, I don't know. It just it's it's a long time to hold a player to get like is he a top fifty player like from February onwards? Is he a top sixty player? He's not going to get you steals. He's not going to get you assists. He's a big threes and points guy, and that's about it. So just because of that reason, I've got him back down this way. Yeah, I think it it kind of is fair enough. But when he does come back, he will get three pointers. We we can guarantee that. He will. He will. He will get three pointers. But so will. Uh, Who's someone I can think of? Uh, who's the guy on that heat? Jordan he's Clarkson. He's Jordan Clarkson. Threes. Yeah, he'll get you threes and he won't be He's going to play every night. Malik like, Beasley is going to get you threes. You know, like threes are easy to get. Um, so I want to talk reason. about Malik Beasley. Um, yeah. Is he getting a bit robbed here? Because he was averaging 20 points a game. And I guess this roster out in um, the Timberwolves has changed a bit. Does he still fit in? Is he still starting? I think, 
I think he still starts, but I just think that the spotlight has moved away from him and more to Anthony Edwards. I think you, you're hopefully getting a more healthy team in Carly Towns and Jandra Russell this year. So I think he is like the fourth scorer on this team. And for someone who relies so much on scoring and threes, that really hurts his value because he doesn't provide much else. Um, so for that reason, that's why he's down here. But he was pretty good last year. Like he put up uh, points, he put up threes in high volume. He did it, it relatively efficiently. Not super efficiently, but relatively. Um, and it all it takes is an injury on these guys that aren't very durable, and, and he, he smashes this rank. But I don't think you can rely on that. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I think he's got a bit of a question mark just because um, like the, the, they're probably going to start Delangelo Russell. I guess he could slide into the two, and then you have... Um, Edwards um, at three. Well, you could have Anthony Edwards at the three. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and then obviously you've got your cat and whoever starts at the four. So he still, he still could be starting, but I just think, yeah, there's going to be a lot of shots between obviously Carl Anthony Towns, Delangelo. He likes to make him fly. And Anthony Edwards likes to, you know, he, he's going to get the green light. He's obviously played very well to end the season. So I, I'm not just, I'm not too sure how he fits. If there's an injury, I, if he's on the wave wire, you'd have to pick him up. But I, I do think there's, um there's definitely question marks. I, I'd probably, if I was going to be a bit more comfortable, I'd even pr- probably prefer just taking Clay Thompson in this range because I can stash him because Malik you know, Beasley could end up yeah. being a drop. Yeah, yeah. At least you know come, when Clay Thompson comes back, he is going to be on the roster and he's going to be playing big minutes and, and it's it's set in stone pretty much. Uh, I'm crossing our fingers, touching wood, that he uh, doesn't re-injure himself would be the only risk there. Um, we'll shout out to Jordan Poole and Anthony Melton's two of my more... Um, Two of the more, my more favorite flyer picks at the end of drafts in terms of guards. Uh, I think Jordan Poole is going to be putting up a lot of points. If you can manage to get Poole and Clay Thompson, you know, like kind of handcuffing them together, I think that's a big win because um, as soon as Clay Thompson comes back, he does take a big hit in his value. But until then, he's going to put up big threes, big points. Uh, he was putting up over 20 points a game towards the end of last year. And I think that that continues in his third season. Uh, and Melton, we're just crossing his fingers that he gets minutes because if he does. Smashing, smashing through that rankings. But, of course, we know that that hasn't been easy for him. The last tier here, tier 11, this is just your last round flyers. These guys you're taking after 140 and just hoping for the best. There are a few higher upside guys here, so some worthwhile flyers. Let's run through them. We've got Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, TJ McConnell, Killian Hayes, Josh Giddy, John Wall, Malachi Flynn, Terrence Mann, Desmond Bain, Jamal Murray, Kobe White, Monty Morris, Markel Fultz, and Faku Kompatso. A lot of names there. Who stands out to you that you like the most as a late-round flyer? Out of all these guys, I would love to take Terrence Mann. I like Terrence Mann. Yep. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is not there anymore. Um, he can play the two. He can guard a few positions. He can get you some steals. He can hit the three. I like. I, I, I think if he does honestly steal the starting role, he could get close to 20 points a game. Yeah, I, I don't mind at all. I, I do like his upside. I do think there's definitely opportunity there. It depends, I guess, how much, how, how well the Clippers are doing. I don't know. Maybe if they're not doing as well, he gets a bit more license to get a bit, few more minutes. I don't know if they lean more heavily on Marcus Morris and Batum and um, a few of those other guys there. Uh, there, there is, they're sneaky, like deep, but in like a bad way. They've got a few guys that are all like the same kind of level of talent. So we'll see who wins out there. Uh, my favorite sort of of the bunch here is someone like a Josh Giddy. I think that he's going to have a lot of opportunity. Obviously, in OKC, they're not trying to win, so they're trying to get their young guys going. 
I think here's a chance that he could come out and just put up good rebounds, good assists. And at this point of the draft, it's really hard to get those sort of stats. So um, it, he is a good sort of flyer for me. That you, You'd have to be patient. Obviously, obviously, he's a rookie. So, But at the end of the season, I think he should be someone on a roster. So if you can get him now and stash him, uh, I think it's worthwhile. All right. That'll do it for today, guys. Um, make sure you're giving the video a thumbs up. Subscribe. We're getting really close to 1,000 subscribers, and as soon as we do, we're going to have a party over here in Australia. And uh, thank you all very much for if you are already subscribed. Um, if you are listening along on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating. Get the word out there. Um, and check out the guys over at Hoopball as well to get yourself ready for fantasy drafts. We're going to have some more positional tier videos coming out, some more rankings. Wings and bigs are coming up next. And then we're right into... More mock drafts, sleepers, busts, all the good stuff. We'll catch you later, guys. Laters.